0: Welcome to the Doc Washburn Show, the show that talks about what you actually care about. The Doc Washburn Show streams live at noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, weekdays, on the Podbean app, which you can download onto your smartphone. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N, and is available for download at Spotify, Apple, or wherever podcasts are available. The Doc Washburn Show is on Twitter and Facebook. You can email us at contact at docwashburnshow.com or call us at 866 609 thirty seven eleven. All right, this is episode thirty of the all new Doc Washburn show. It's Monday, November twenty second, twenty twenty one. This is the um, this is the the fifty eighth anniversary of the tragic assassination of uh, President John F. Kennedy in Dallas, Texas. Yes, I was fired by one of the biggest radio companies in America, Cumulus Media, simply because I refused their vaccine mandate. Yes, it's obvious last November's presidential election was stolen. No, my old employer wouldn't allow me to say that on the radio. And yes, there's all kinds of evidence out there. A lot of people are having serious negative reactions to the so-called vaccine. So this is a really different kind of talk show. We are unmasked, uncensored, and unfiltered. If you'd like to support us financially, go to docwashburnshow.com and click on the Become a Patron Button. Now, coming up, we have a lot of details about the so-called person of interest that was taken into custody by the police, Waukesha, Wisconsin. A lot of details that the mainstream media, the liberal media, doesn't want you to know. But first, before we get to that breaking news, i got to tell you how excited we are To have a new supporter, a new advertiser to the Doc Washburn Show podcast and live stream. Let me just tell you something. If you've ever tried to buy a car, I mean, recently, it's not like it used to be. You realize there's such a chip shortage, you may be having a hard time finding what you're looking for car, truck, van, SUV. People I know have actually bought vehicles from hundreds of miles away from where they live because that's what it took to find what they wanted. All right, that's where RedRiverYourWay.com comes in. Red River Your Way is a big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, your freedom to buy a car, truck, van, SUV, the way you want to. You can buy online, and they'll drive it to you, no matter where you live. Red River Your Way wants to make your car buying experience as easy and transparent as possible. That's why they've added technology to their website that puts you in complete control of your payment options and allows you to complete the entire purchase process online. But don't worry. Red River experts are still there to help you every step of the way if you have any questions. Red River Your Way makes it so easy. As you browse their selection, you'll see each vehicle has an Explore Payment Options button. Clicking that guides you through a few easy questions that then creates personalized payment options that you have full control over. All you have to do is adjust your preferences and all the math happens automatically so you can determine what monthly payment works best for your budget. Red River Your Way makes car buying online easy. Your whole car buying process is completely transparent. If you want to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV, order online from the nationwide car dealer that believes in freedom the dealer that will deliver your vehicle to your front door no matter where you live, RedRiverYourWay.com. You'll be glad you did. All right, so starting in the breaking news, yesterday evening about a car plowing into a Christmas parade in Waukesha, Wisconsin. And the latest totals, five dead, over 40 hurt, after this SUV plowed into the Christmas parade in Waukesha, Wisconsin. And the the videos are are horrifying. Horrifying. And the idea that somebody would do that, horrifying. So, I'm listening to um, talk radio while I was in the shower this morning. And good old Fox News Radio quoting The Associated Press as saying there's a possibility that the person driving the red SUV was perhaps trying to uh, uh, flee from a knife fight. Yeah, yeah, that's the ticket. Yeah, so maybe uh, maybe it wasn't maybe it wasn't what it looked like. Yeah. That's the ticket fleeing from a knife flight, knife fight. So it's like, who are you going to believe me or your lying eyes, right? If you have seen any of the video, if you've seen any of the video, you see this guy intentionally run over, running over people, right? And already, already the, the mainstream media are trying to make excuses for him. Daryl Edward Brooks Jr. has a lengthy criminal track record. Right? Daryl Edward Brooks Jr. has a very well-known antipathy towards folks who don't have as much melanin as he does. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and I'm going to share a lot of that with you. But you got folk out there who are already saying things like, well, we need to know if there's another explanation. Um. Yeah, I, I appreciate you putting the phone charger up there. I don't know where I put my phone though. Am I might left in the john? I don't know. Appreciate. It. Um, said so we need to know if there's another explanation. Heart failure, stroke, or other impairment. Let me see. What would the top signs be of a stroke? Uh, let's see. Smelling burnt toast running over a crowd of people, driving home, back in your car, into the driveway. Will those be the top signs of a stroke, you think? Smelling burnt toast, running over a crowd of people, driving home, and back in your car, into the driveway. Uh, Yeah, got to be a stroke. Come on, man, give me a break. So the great Mr. Andy Ngo, independent journalist who has been chronicling the misdeeds of Black Lives Matter, and Antifa, for quite some time now. Quite some time now. He's out there on Twitter chronicling the very long criminal record of this one Mr. Darrell Edward Brooks Jr., who's in custody. The suspect in custody. Oh, no. No, they say he's a person of interest in custody over the terrorist attack on folk in a Christmas Christmas parade in Waukesha, Wisconsin, yesterday. Now, a witness was speaking live on television, on CBS 5 in Milwaukee, shortly after the deadly Waukesha, Wisconsin incident. And when he gave a description of the driver that matches the television host, the news guy on CBS 5 became very uncomfortable. I wonder why that is. It was something like this. It was a black guy with dreadlocks by himself. I don't know if you want to use that.
1: Okay. Well, listen, and,
0: Rick. And I'm not listen. Hey, I'm a black guy, so I'm not you know saying that because I'm not, you know a white guy walking around so saying black guy did it. Okay. But this is what uh, her daughter said.
1: Rick, I should inform you right now. You are on live television, so uh, we oh, really? everything you say we we are using. So we we wanna we wanna okay. be careful. Well, uh, I'm I'm sorry. Okay. And and we are going to, you know, listen, you are an eyewitness account, and we're taking you at your
0: word. We are going to work to confirm Mm -hmm. these details later. Now, I wonder, there are possibly two different things that could be bothering the news guy on CBS 5 in Milwaukee, okay? Now, one will be obvious to just about anybody, like, oh, wait a second. We don't want to... uh, give anybody the impression that a black guy did this. That's a possibility. We don't know. We can't look inside the mind and heart of the television host on CBS 5 in Milwaukee. Now, somebody... Oh, no, come on, man! I mean... Am I ever gonna to remember to turn that ringer down on my phone? She goes, I turn it down and then I don't remember to turn it back up when I when I get off the show. So we got we got problems. Now that's a proverbial we. You don't have that problem, it's just me. All right, I turned it down. Anyway, what I was gonna say is what I was trying to say up in here before I got the alleged spam call was that I can't see inside the mind and heart of the guy that was on television, CBS 5, in Milwaukee yesterday, and his discomfort with what he was being told might not have had anything to do with trying to run cover for an alleged uh black assailant or suspect or whatever. Having been a broadcast for many, many years, here's the other thing. You're not supposed to put somebody on the air unless you tell him first. You can't just throw somebody on the air who doesn't realize he's on the air. That's a violation of the FCC rules and regulations. Yeah, You ever see old David Letterman show? And he calls somebody up and he says, oh, is it okay if we put you on the air? Yeah, okay. All right, then you hear their voice. So, so I'm just telling you, what looks to be the most obvious thing here to most folk, which is that the news guy with CBS 5 in Milwaukee is all of a sudden um uncomfortable that he's being told it was a black guy with dreadlocks who ran all these people down uh it, it, there may be a different reason he's uncomfortable because look uh, you know immediately he's saying oh by the way um yeah i just need to tell you you're, you're live on the on the television oh okay i am oh how about that anyway i just thought i would throw that in there Thought I'd throw that in there. Now, um, by his own admission, Daryl Edward Brooks Jr. is a child sex trafficker. He admitted this. And he apparently did time for this. Now, I want to apologize for... um, the coarse language that Mr. Brooks uses in this next video clip. We do have some other video clips that we've actually deleted cuss words out of. Because even though I'm not on the radio anymore, so the FCC does not control podcasts, I just, you know, I didn't want to put you through that. Uh, But he does use the... uh, the word in this clip that the late great Rush Limbaugh would pronounce biatch. So anyway, but he admits here to being a child sex trafficker. Here we go.
1: And then as soon as we fall out, all of a sudden, now I'm a pedophile. Let me explain that. Ten years ago, 2006, I caught a case with my oldest daughter's mama. Yes, my baby mama. She's from Oakland. I was busting moves in Nevada. I meet the bitch, she says she want to get down, so I'm pimping on the bitch, I'll take her to Nevada. You know what I'm saying? I get cracked. You know what I'm saying? I didn't know the bitch was 16 at the time. She gave a statement to the police and told them, yeah, she was hoeing, that I was pimping, and and, uh, that she was 16, and that I didn't know that. Okay?
0: Also, let the record reflect that Mr. Brooks did confirm that he was actually busting moves in Nevada. Just so you know. I thought that was a. Isn't that an old school term? Mansur, Brian, did you guys realize people are still using that term in your 2021 busting moves? I mean, that's from the early 90s, right? I guess this guy's a kind of a, a retro old school hip hop guy. I don't know. Uh, he calls himself Math Boy Fly. Boy spelled with an I instead of a Y. Because he's just too cool. Math Boy Fly. Here is uh, here's one of his raps. This is only about 31 seconds. I hope you deal with it.
2: I think that it would take a whole lot of nerve for the white people today
0: to ask Negroes do they hate them. Okay, so that starts with Malcolm X saying that and then Math Boy Fly. Uh, one Mr... Daryl Edwards Brooks, Jr., that's what his mama called him, jumps in. Thanks
1: for the motivation. This that Malcolm X revolutionary. That part, that this part. for my in the can eating conversary. Okay. For every ghetto in America, I know, they, I know wait. they wait. This that Donald Trump float and whoever hate it. K-47 just like Malcolm X. This I This that K-47. K-47.
0: So, in this little rap, in the same breath, when he's saying F Donald Trump, he's also criticizing haters. Now, to my mind, he's being pretty hateful himself. He's being pretty hateful himself. Oh, by the way, uh, Mr. Daryl Edwards, Mr. Daryl Edwards uh, Brooks, Jr also also they don't have to Mirandize on uh, him on this. He says, yeah, we're terrorists.
1: Hey, you talking down you don't want it no you scared of this we about that action anywhere yeah we' terrorists see me riding with me i am a slide make it terrible. hope you right with God cause the casket with you headed for.
0: hope you're right with God cause the caskets where you're headed for. Hmm. Did you uh catch a part where he said we're terrorists? Yeah, we terrorists. Just wondering. Fox News Radio and the AP out there saying, "Well, uh, maybe it wasn't intentional." Uh, uh, police are looking at the possibility that uh, maybe he was just trying to um. Yeah, get away from a knife fight or something. Right. As the great Andy Ngo says, the man in custody over the mass casualty incident in the Waukesha, Wisconsin Christmas parade has posted on his social media in support of Black Lives Matter causes, George Floyd, black nationalism. He also has a post about how to get away with running people over on the street. Daryl Edward Brooks Jr., the man who was taken into custody by police over the Waukesha Christmas Parade Mass Casualty event, had posted a quote in 2016 on a now-deactivated Facebook account. Quote, Run them over, keep traffic flowing, and don't slow down for any of these idiots. Unquote. Black Lives Matter. Daryl Edwards Brooks Jr., The man who was taken into custody by police over the Waukesha Christmas Parade mass casualty event is a rapper who stars a music video where he raps in front of a red vehicle that looks like the same one that ran over dozens of people yesterday. Mr. Brooks, the man who was taken into custody by police of the Waukesha Christmas Parade mass casualty incident, expressed hatred of former President Trump in one of his rap tracks. He also expressed black nationalist anti-Semitic views. He's a registered sex offender in Nevada, convicted over having sex with a child. One of his now-deleted videos, when I played for you, he defended his actions, saying he was pimping the hoe. Mr. Brooks was released from jail just three days ago after paying a small bail Over multiple open felony and misdemeanor charges, Brooks has a long, violent criminal history spanning multiple states. Multiple states. Let's see what we got here. Resisting or obstructing an officer, bail-jumping felony, second-degree, f- reckless, recklessly endangering safety, Felony with domestic abuse assessments. It goes on and on and on. Battery, domestic abuse. It goes on and on and on. So, don't be surprised if this kind of disappears to the mainstream media, you know what I'm saying? Don't be shocked if it does. Because um, that's the way they roll. That is the way they roll. So if he's found guilty by a jury of his peers, he belongs under the jail. You know what I'm saying? Let me ask some something. Something I said many times on my you know, local talk radio show. I don't know how often I've said it on the live stream slash podcast. But they're powerful people who are trying to divide us based on the color of our skin. All right. Don't let them get away with it. Don't let them get away with it. So I will tell you. I'll tell you. Um, the media. They had wall-to-wall coverage of the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. He never should have been brought up on charges at all because clearly it was self-defense. Y'all remember a guy named David Dorn? David Dorn was a retired police officer who was doing security at a pawn shop in St. Louis, when all the riots were going on in the middle of the night, he was murdered. And a Black Lives Matter guy has been charged with that. And I'm wondering, are we going to have wall-to-wall TV coverage for that guy's murder trial? Probably not, because the deceased is a black cop and the defendant is black. And... You don't the mainstream media doesn't want to disturb their narrative that we're a racist country. Critical race theory is a good thing? All black folk are oppressed, all white folk are oppressors? You see what I'm saying? Don't let them get away with it. Now, uh perfect case in point. If the Christmas parade had been in a majority black area where most of the folks in the Christmas Ray were black and the perp was white, you never hear the end of it, right? But this deal with Daryl Edwards, Scott, Jr. Black guy with dreads mowing down mostly white folk. They're not going to be talking about this for long because it goes against the narrative just so you know just so you know this guy never should have been out see that's another thing this guy never should have been out. Let's see what Banshee is saying this morning over at, uh, well, it's afternoon, East Coast. Let's see what Banshee is saying over at uh, Red State. Activist, prosecutor who let Waukesha suspected mass murderer out has very interesting views. Uh Aha! Last night, an unimaginable horror visited Waukesha, Wisconsin, as a red SUV plowed into a parade striking children and adults alike. At least five people are dead, per the latest reports. The purported assailant has been identified as Daryl E. Brooks, a rapper with a long history of criminal conduct. A look at Brooks' criminal record is eye-opening and includes counts related to domestic and sexual abuse, videos on his social media. Also point to him having black nationalist views, including promoting what he calls the revolution. When Brooks was identified, the immediate question became how someone who was charged with multiple felonies, including domestic abuse assessments, was let out of jail on just a $1,000 bond two days prior. The answer to that question is becoming clearer as we learn about the prosecutor's office that handled those cases. Apparently, Assistant DA John Chisholm, whose office handled Brooks's latest bout with the law, is a big proponent of far-left activist D.A. George Gascone. RedState.com has covered the repercussions of Gascone's awful crime-promoting policies in the past. Chisholm is also a big promoter of cash bail, sometimes called bail reform, which has routinely put violent criminals back on the streets to commit more crimes in major cities like New York, Chicago, and L.A. Oh, okay. And he has, a, uh, he has a link to several tweets from George Soros-affiliated Milwaukee District Attorney John Chisholm bragging about abolishing bail and congratulating other Soros District Attorneys. Let's see, from January 16th last year. As a prosecutor, I'm committed to substantive reform that affirms procedural justice, proportional outcomes, and true public health and safety. In a paper released last month, MKE Company's chief public defender and I propose a paradigm for effective reform. Oh, okay, I see. Banchi Red State says, this is an issue that infuriates many especially those of us who do believe there are issues with the criminal justice system. But while overzealous prosecutions are a problem in some places, the solution to that is not to let violent criminals back out on the street via ridiculously applied so-called bail reform. Instead of actually looking at prosecutorial misconduct as a problem to be solved within the confines of what that means, Democrats largely backed by George Soros, have sought to produce what they call criminal justice reform by electing far-left prosecutors who won't protect their communities and enforce the law. That has led to a rise in violent crime that has left a trail of carnage in its wake. And look! He says, we haven't even gotten into the motivation of this attack yet. But what's clear is that Brooks never should have been on the street in the first place whether he was, quote, fleeing a crime scene, unquote, consider me extremely skeptical he accelerated into children in a plan to escape the police, or was carrying out an attack meant to cause mass casualties. Cash bail is a menace to society, and these prosecutors who are forcing it on their communities have blood on their heads. And that's what's up. No two ways about it, all right? One of the things that we do here on the Doc Washburn Show is talk about some hard truths. I just hope that I will never have to, quote, a verse, I think it's out of Galatians. Have I now become your enemy for telling you the truth? Because eventually, eventually, I may say something you disagree with, but I'm just trying to call balls and strikes. And let the chips fall where they may. All right. I got a lot more coming up, but let me just ask you something. When they shoved Obamacare down our throats in 2009, and Nancy Pelosi said, Well, we're just going to have to pass it so you can find out what's in it. <laughs> were you as upset as I was because you knew that they were lying? that the Affordable Care Act was not going to be affordable? Were you upset that the so-called Affordable Care Act made your health care more expensive? Were you upset that your health insurance premium started feeling like a second mortgage? Were you upset that your sky high deductible prevented you from going to the doctor? Were you upset that your sky high copays kept you from going to the doctor? Would you be happy if I told you there is an alternative? Because there is. It's called MyFamilyHealthPlan.com. Affordable plans save 30 to 50% on premiums. You get personalized health coverage low possibly even no deductible and no copays are you shocked to hear such things possible in the year 2021 it is my friend art wilborn has put it together myfamilyhealthplan.com you also get an insurance plan that doesn't force you to cover things that would violate that would offend your deeply held religious beliefs no abortion The website, again, is MyFamilyHealthPlan.com. Go to the website, book a free consultation. My buddy Art Wilborn will make sure there are no gaps in your coverage either. Affordable plans save 30 to 50% on premiums, personalized health coverage, low to no deductible, and no co-pays. Save money on your insurance at MyFamilyHealthPlan.com. You'll be glad you did. You'd be glad you did. So, um, one of the things, one of the things we're trying to keep an eye on today, in case it happens while we're on the air. The U.S. Supreme Court. Oh, wait. Has it come down? Let me see. Um, Okay, the U.S. Supreme Court was supposed to rule on the Texas anti-abortion law today. Let's see what... uh, Micah Bilger over at LiveNews.com has. Supreme Court won't block Texas abortion ban today. Hundreds more babies will be saved. Texas can keep saving unborn babies from abortions for the time being. Abortion activists had hoped that Monday would be the day when the U.S. Supreme Court would issue a ruling about the Texas heartbeat law. At 10 a.m., however, the court published only one opinion for the day, an unrelated case about water rights, according to the Supreme Court blog. That means the life-saving Texas law remains in effect for now. Twice the Supreme Court refused to block enforcement of the unique life-saving law, which went into effect September 1st. Then on November 1st, the justices heard arguments from the abortion industry and the Biden administration urging them for a second, uh, pardon me, for a third time to block the Texas law. However, the court has not issued a ruling yet and no one knows when the justices will. CNN anchor Jim Shuto predicted the Supreme Court will not publish any more rulings until after the Thanksgiving holiday. Well, if Schuto is saying it's CNN, they probably will. He says they won't, they probably will, because CNN is like the backwards network. Whatever they say, you can usually count on the opposite being true. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, see, I'm still old, old enough to remember when uh, all those women on CNN were doing that hands up, don't you thing, even though it wasn't true. So. Just uh, one of those for what, it, for what it's worth things. All right, so um, Donald J. Trump was on with a great one last night, Mark Levin. And Mark Levin is a great guy. Uh, I am honored that Mr. Levin allowed me to fill in for him 11 times on his nationally syndicated talk radio show. It was always a wonderful experience, and... Mr. Levin always treated me uh, just really well. He's got a great crew there. Uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Producer, as he calls him, Rich Cementa, and Mr. Call Screener, Rich Valdez. Great bunch of guys. I've never met Mr. Levin personally. I uh, just interviewed him on the radio a couple of times. He had a couple of books out. I think three times, three times. And I highly recommend his books. Um, anyway, so I got nothing but love and respect for Mark Levin. Absolutely. What's the new one called? Uh, um, wait a minute, wait a minute. I want, I, want to, I want to make sure I get it right because I read most of the thing and it was phenomenal. American Marxism. American Marxism not only talks about what the problem is, but what to do about it. Mark Levin, great guy. Anyway, Donald Trump, former President Trump, was on with Levin last night. And um, I got got one Q&A that kind of went sideways. Kind of went sideways. It went like this.
1: First of all, I haven't seen anything new produced under this president. But this Operation Warp Speed, you had to take on the bureaucracy. You had to set up supply chains. You had to do something that's never been done in American history.
0: Okay, so that's the lead in. And here's Trump's response.
1: Well, that's absolutely correct. Most vaccines take 12 years. They said this would take anywhere from three to five, but most likely more than five. And I got it done in less
0: than nine months. Dude. I got to tell you, with all the negative side effects from these vaccines, you going to run on this? See, this is what's remarkable. This is what's remarkable. 2015, 2016, the lead-up to the election, Donald Trump had a real good idea of what was concerning and upsetting people, and he tapped into it. He had his finger on the pulse. A lot of folks were going to vote for president in 2016. Even more so in 2020. I mean, he got way more votes than Biden in 2020, but they stole it. Okay. And we could go chapter and verse on that, but you know, it would take all day. Time magazine did an article a 20-page article in February explaining how they stole it. They just used the words um, "fortified" instead of stole." But anyway, but right now, see, a couple of months ago, Trump was doing a rally, he started talking about the vaccines, and his own supporters started booing him. he doesn't get it. This is the last thing he should be running on. This is the last thing he should be bragging about. As more and more and more negative side effects to the vaccines are being exposed.
1: Anyway, here's more. We saved tens of millions of lives all over the world.
0: Really? And a virus has a 99.98% survival rate.
1: Okay. All over the world. So in nineteen seventeen, as you know, we had the Spanish Flu, it was called, and it possibly killed as many as a hundred million people. You know, I don't know if you read the history of the Spanish Flu, but you probably I think you read about everything, <laughs> come to think of it. But but it probably was a thing that was most responsible for ending World War One because all the soldiers were sick. And many were dying. The Spanish flu was devastating. And they say up to 100 million people died. And it probably did end World War I. But 100 million people, I think this would have been similar without the vaccine. Had we not gotten, and then, then I got
0: Regeneron? Wait. You told us that Fauci and Burks were con artists. And you think 100 million people are going to die? a virus with a ninety nine point ninety eight percent survival rate. Okay. We got uh, remdesivir. We got whoa, whoa, remdesivir. Are you no longer listening to Scott Atlas? You should be. What about Alex Berenson, Doctor Mercola? Dr. McCullough, for that matter. Remdesivir? People are having horrible reactions to remdesivir. Horrible. But you do you, man. You do you. Many other things, therapeutic
1: things that really, in my opinion, worked. I think Regeneron's great. Eli Lilly came out with something that's similar. We did a great job. And you know, it's interesting... So we did it in less than nine months.
0: You sure did, and that's part of the problem. Seriously, you can't be planning a run on this. That's part of the problem. And now they're mandating it, sir. The trials are still going on. Except they're doing them on uh, unwilling participants. Look. The fact that Donald Trump beat Hillary Clinton in 2016 was a godsend. We were spared what she would have done to us. And the fact that they stole it from him in 2020, the crime of the century. All right? I got it. But uh, this is a big mistake. You know, running on, hey, vaccines usually take a lot longer to get uh, approved, but we got it done real quick. Yeah, how's it working out for you? I don't know, man. I mean, Donald Trump is a big sports fan. I wonder if he's heard of Aaron Rodgers. I don't know. I just, I'm flabbergasted. He still thinks this is the winning message. You know? Not a chance, man. Not a chance. Anyway, I just thought I should share that with you because it's, uh, it's certainly troubling. Troubling and disturbing. But again, people are going to do what they're going to do. All right, now, um, <laughs> time for today's tweet of the day. Oh, my goodness. Brought to you by Red River Your Way, the guys that believe in freedom. You can buy the car, truck, or van, or SUV of your choice, however you want to. Buy it online, they'll deliver it to you. Tweet of the day, brought to you by Red River Your Way. Uh, (laughs) Maria Shriver. Remember Maria Shriver? How long has she been an anchor on NBC News? Decades. Decades. Okay. So Maria Shriver out there Friday evening on Twitter saying, I'm trying to take a beat to digest the Rittenhouse verdict. My son just asked me how it's possible that he didn't get charged for anything. How is that possible? I don't have an answer for him. <laughs> he was charged with six different things, Maria. You can't have a trial unless there are charges. How could you be this stupid? Man, oh man, oh man. That's nuts. That's nuts. Now, the, the, the judge dropped charge number six, the gun charge, because he was legally in possession of the gun. You can be 17 and have a rifle. So there are five charges that went to trial, right? How can you be stupid enough to not realize that you can't have a trial without charges? Mm, could it be because you're part of the Kennedy clan and they just... Uh, on TV because you're one of the Kennedys and they didn't do an IQ test but her next tweet she says the idea that someone could be out with a semi-automatic weapon kill people and walk is stunning I look forward to hearing from the jury this is a moment for them to explain how they came to their decision so she's also obviously never heard of uh, the idea of self-defense look just because you're a liberal and on television doesn't mean you have the sense of a doorknob. She's ignorant. She's not very bright. Some hilarious tweets in response. The great Ian Miles Chong says, not cool of you to dunk on your presumably developmentally disabled 26-year-old son like this. <laughs> Her youngest son is 26, and he doesn't understand why Rittenhouse wasn't charged with anything. He was. There wouldn't have been a trial if he wasn't charged with anything. Now, what some people want to know was why her uncle, Teddy Kennedy, wasn't charged with anything after he drove a car off a bridge into the water, left the scene, and let the woman he left in the car die how he wasn't charged anything and and remained a senator from, from Massachusetts. A lot of people want to know about that. Know what I'm saying? So, I mean, she just walked right into it. She just walked right into it. <clears throat> the great Sebastian Gorka responded he did get charged unlike your uncle who killed a woman then went to a hotel for a nap then went to, br- then went to brunch then went back to the senate say her name Maria you stinking hypocrite her name was Mary Joe Kopecky. I like this. Jenna Ellis, former, former attorney for President Trump, says Kyle was charged. He was found not guilty based on the evidence at trial. Maybe explain to your son you have no idea how our justice system works and that he's a grown-ass man older than Kyle, so he shouldn't have to ask his mother. Uh-huh. Man, man. Unbelievable. I mean, there's so many people dunking on her, so many people dunking on her and we we could we could be here for several days going through all the responses, pointing out what a, what an idiot she is, but anyway that <laughs> that has been the tweet of the day, the inaugural tweet of the day, the hopelessly hapless Maria Shriver, NBC News, of the Kennedys, wondering how it's possible that Kyle Rittenhouse stood trial but wasn't charged with anything. It's so fun. And thank you again to Red River Your Way, the dealership that believes in freedom, your freedom to buy a vehicle however you want to. Go online, they'll deliver it to you wherever you are. Thank you, Red River Your Way, for uh, <laughs> sponsoring today's tweet of the day. Oh, my goodness. I, You know... That may be our first tweet of the day. I don't know how we're going to top that one, but never underestimate the ignorance of American liberals. We may, we may be able to do that. I mean, you do, you, you do understand what's what's at issue here. You can't have a trial unless there charges. That's just that's what I'm trying to say. All right, now, um, I don't know if you realize this, but um, the country of Australia is putting people into camps. Were you aware of that? The country of Australia is putting people into camps. And the only reason I think that probably hasn't happened here yet is our Second Amendment. Hang on just a second. Got to get a sip of water. Thanks for listening to The Doc Washburn Show. We are unmasked uncensored, and unfiltered. Many of you have asked, how can we help support the show? Really easy. Go to DocWashburnShow.com and click Become a Patron at the top right corner of the website or click the Podbean logo where it says, Be My Patron on Podbean. We sure do appreciate your support of the Doc Washburn Show. Okay, so let me tell you what's going on. 38 indigenous Australians in the Northern Territory have been hauled into quarantine camps by the army in Australia. And here's a government flack explaining what's going on.
1: As you know, last night we took urgent action to escalate our response in these communities, immediately implementing a hard lockdown. That means residents of Minjari and Rockhole no longer have the five reasons to leave their home. They can only leave for medical treatment in an emergency or if required by law. It's highly likely that more residents will be transferred to Howell Springs today, either as positive cases or close contacts. We've already identified 38 close contacts in Benjari and that number will go up. Those 38 are being transferred now. I contacted the Prime Minister last night. We are grateful for the support of about 20 ADF personnel as well as Army trucks to assist with the transfer of positive cases and close contacts
0: and to support the communities. People into camps they call supporting communities. Wow. Wow. How about that? Uh, Julia Hartley Brewer is on talk radio in Australia. She says, oh, it's just forcible removal to camps. I mean, nothing to see here at all. Nothing to worry about. Let's just chat about Peppa Pig and pretend that a close ally, supposedly liberal democracy, isn't locking up people for being sick while our government and media just ignore it. Wow. Wow. Now, And again, thank God we had the Fifth, pardon me, the Second Amendment. Well, the Fifth Amendment, too. Thank God for the Second Amendment. They'd They'd be doing it here. They would be doing it here. Now, something that we have been seeing in the liberal media since the Kyle Rittenhouse not guilty verdict is the idea that only white folk can be found not guilty for self-defense? That if he was black, they throw the book at him. You know what I'm saying. Now, the great Amy Swearer, legal fellow over at the Heritage Foundation, put together. A thread of evidence that that is not true. Okay? Check this out. Young man named Jalil Stallings was acquitted of multiple attempted murder charges related to him shooting at several police officers in St. Paul, Minnesota last summer. He was acquitted. How would that happen? Well, he had a reasonable claim of self-defense. Said he had no idea these guys are cops. Wait a minute. I thought, I thought only white folk got to use self-defense. That's an MSNBC, Joy Reid, and all them been telling us, right? A uh, black man acquitted of killing white man after race dispute in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. Took the jury only four hours instead of four days to acquit Steven Spencer of murder and a white man's death during a race related dispute. Spencer claimed self defense. CNN, MSNBC saying only white folk get off on self defense. What? 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 Um. Okay, what's next? 18 year old Timothy Simpkins. Who shot three people with an illegally possessed gun at a Texas high school is literally out on bond right now and claiming he shot in self defense. And he may actually have a viable claim with regard to the intended target who was throwing him around the schoolroom. I've seen the video like a ragdoll. Let's see, Erie, Pennsylvania, 67-year-old Dolores White, who's black, stabbed her daughter's boyfriend to death, acquitted on the theory of self-defense. But CNN and MSNBC keep on saying that Kyle, only reason he got off is because he's white. Come a white supremacist. Boy, I hope he sues everybody. Let's see what else we got here. Hartford Hartford Connecticut Superior Court jury <clears throat> acquitted Shaheem Trey Adams who stabbed a high school classmate to death what was the uh, the grounds for acquitting him you guessed it acting in self-defense Let me see, Jesus Lima, Oakland, Oakland, California. Prosecutors argued he was the aggressor who shot a man he had previously threatened. The jury sided with Lima, though, who said he was attacked by the man and four others and tried to retreat. Wait. Another person of color gets off on self-defense? How about that? They keep on telling us that only white folk, that that Kyle walked because he was white. Clarksville, Tennessee, Tony Bristol, nightclub security guard, was acquitted after claiming self-defense in the shooting deaths of two unarmed patrons. Mr. Bristol happened to be black. I guess the jury didn't realize that you're not supposed to acquit a black man on charges of self defense, on the grounds of self defense, I mean. Latoya Ramsour in Philly claimed self defense in the fatal shooting of her boyfriend, acquitted on all charges. Wait, we got more? Andre Roy, where was that? Houston man who insisted self-defense in the stabbing death of the 60-year-old outside of the ga- Galleria uh, was acquitted November 2019, Houston. How about that? Andre Roy. I guess that, that jury didn't know you're only supposed to acquit white defendants on self-defense. Uh, let's see. Where's this one? Oklahoma. Creek County, Oklahoma. Jury finds Kenneth Ray Smith not guilty. You had to protect your family. Self-defense? Let me see. Uh, Nehemiah Martin, 10TV. Is this going to be? Yeah, Columbus, Ohio man acquitted of murder and shooting near Reynoldsburg. Columbus police said Brandon Clark was found shot at a gas station. 5900 block of East Main Street, January 22nd. But uh, Nehemiah Martin was acquitted. That's uh, another self-defense deal there. How about that? What, Simone Biles' brother is acquitted of murder charges. Self-defense. Rapper the baby. I wonder what his real name is because I don't think. I don't think that's what his mama called him. Charges against the baby. He looks like a full-grown man to me. In connection to a deadly shooting, have been dropped. The rapper has been cleared of charges in connection to a shooting at a North Carolina Walmart. Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Hold up. A rapper named DaBaby was at a Walmart? Rappers go to Walmart? Seriously? Who would have thunk it? Rapper DaBaby... Has had the charges against him in connection to a deadly shooting. in North Carolina dropped, according to local news outlet, WSOC-TV. I used to work in that building. Uh, The shoot, not the Walmart, no, in the same building with WSOC-TV. They had a a radio there, too. The shooting left one person, 19-year-old Jalen Craig, dead after an incident at Huntersville, Walmart, last November. That's just a little bit north of Charlotte. I grew up in Charlotte. The rapper was previously charged with carrying a concealed gun, and he was the only person charged in connection to the shooting. Huntersville, North Carolina Police Department swarmed the scene the night of the incident before taking four people into custody for questioning, but DaBaby, why do they use his real name? This sounds stupid, was the only person who faced charges. Investigations revealed that the shooting was as a result of a fight between multiple people inside the store, and DaBaby Baby. Maintained the incident was a matter of self-defense after he was accosted by men with weapons as he shopped with his family. He would later take to Instagram to share his version of the events. Wait, 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 wait! They're not even going to give the guy's real name. Are you serious right now? I, I I'm sorry. I can't go any further with that. That's ridiculous. His mama called him Jonathan Lindale Kirk. Known professionally as Da Baby, formerly known as Baby Jesus. Well, that would sound uh, sacrilegious to me. Anyway, enough of that. But the point Amy Swear over the Federalists is trying to make is it is ridiculous. It is ridiculous for CNN and MSNBC and the rest of this liberal media saying, well, of course Kyle House got off because he was white. Uh, black guy, they're not going to give him self-defense. Yeah they, yeah, they do, and they do, and they do over and over again. She says there are plenty of white people who have been convicted of super questionable offenses where I thought self-defense was a viable claim. She says, case in point, Michael Strickland, and she links to Oregon Live. Guilty, man who pulled gun out at Don't Shoot PDX protest. Man who pulled out a gun at a Don't Shoot Portland march and pointed at a crowd of protesters in downtown was found guilty of 21 felony and misdemeanor crimes. Multnomah County Circuit Judge Thomas Ryan found Michael Aaron Strickland, 37, guilty of 10 counts of unlawful use of a weapon. Ten counts of menacing, one count of second-degree disorderly conduct for pointing his Glock, semi-automatic handgun, at ten protesters. During the week-long trial, prosecutors argued Strickland didn't have reasonable fear that he was in imminent danger of being hurt. Strickland, who had a concealed weapons permit, claimed self-defense. He contended some protesters and anarchists wearing masks and carrying flagpoles that called him a racist, told him to leave, aggressively advanced toward him and pushed him. Some of the confrontation was caught on video, including Strickland's own video. Strickland can be heard saying, get the hell back before pulling out his gun. Wow. Sound like he was in fear of, but. So there's a white guy who looked like had a reasonable reasonable um, self-defense plea, and they're like, nope, we're going to throw the book at you. There's another guy, Michael Dredjka. A white Florida man cites, stand your ground for shooting a black man. Jury found him guilty. As Washington Post is behind a paywall, and I'm not going to pay for the Washington Post. And literally the same day, the same day, Kyle Rittenhouse was found not guilty on self-defense, so was Andrew Coffey Fourth. Yeah, I have heard about him, have you? Vero Beach, Florida. Andrew Coffey was found not guilty on all counts of murder and attempted first-degree murder Friday, same day as Kyle Rittenhouse trial. Coffey was accused of firing at Indian River County, Florida, Sheriff's deputies during an early morning drug raid at his home back in 2017. His girlfriend, Alteria Woods, was caught in the crossfires, shot 10 times, and later died. Andrew Coffey was charged with the murder of Woods after a grand jury exonerated two law enforcement officers for her death. Before the case, before the case went to the jury's hand, Coffey took the stand to defend himself blaming deputies for his girlfriend's death. The defense said Coffey was asleep and thought the flashbang was gunfire so he fired his gun because he thought he was under attack. Coffee said, I was trying to protect me and Alteria, and I thought I was doing that, but I feel I didn't protect her. I can't sleep with that. They killed her. Prosecutors said, deputies did announce they were there. They say Coffee fired at deputies and they returned fire. Coffee was found guilty on account of possession of a firearm by a convicted felon which could have a penalty up to 30 years in prison. He was also found not guilty in the murder of his then-girlfriend, Alteria Woods. In River County, Florida Sheriff Eric Flowers released a statement following the verdict. He said it's disappointing that this jury did not see the tragic death of Alteria Woods occurred as a direct result of the actions of Andrew Coffey IV. Our hearts go out to the Woods family as they still suffer from a loss of their daughter, but we stand by a statement that she would still be here had Coffee simply complied with law enforcement. Wow. Wow. Found not guilty of murder and attempted murder when a SWAT team hit his house. So Amy Swearer at the Heritage Foundation goes on and on and on with a couple dozen more names of black folks who were found not guilty because of self-defense. And, you know, we'd be here till dinner time if I went into each one of them. But again, 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 what does it tell you? CNN, MSNBC, New York Times, all these other places bring on racists to try to stir up, to try to foment racism between us. I don't know if you realized, two major newspapers in Brazil and the UK Independent in the UK, all three of them had to backtrack and apologize for reporting that the people Kyle Rittenhouse killed were black. Now, how do you think, They came to the conclusion that the people Kyle Rittenhouse killed were black. Would it have anything at all to do with Joe Biden and American media calling Kyle Rittenhouse a white supremacist? Would it have anything to do at all with American media saying Kyle Rittenhouse was a white supremacist who killed people at a black Lives Matter protest? If you know liberals, I'll bet you some of the liberals you know think Kyle Rittenhouse actually killed black people. When all three of the people that he killed in, pardon me, he he shot three, only two of them died, one of them lived. Self-defense, and they're all Caucasian. Just so you know. Just so you know. You deserve the truth now. You deserve the truth. Now, this is interesting. Jazz Shaw over at Hot Air says, Joe Biden continues to tell bizarre and seemingly pointless embellished stories. Says Joe Biden was out on the road last week touting the passage of his infrastructure bill to anyone willing to show up and listen. That's understandable for any politician, particularly when your administration has so few wins to celebrate after nearly a year in office. But as we've known for many decades, when Joe gets on a roll during a speech, he enjoys tossing in personal anecdotes to spice up the story. There's no end to the many tales of his time spent riding the trains back and forth between Delaware and Washington though the details of some of them have turned out to be questionable at best. He continued that pattern when he stopped off in New Hampshire giving a speech while standing next to a bridge. He seemed to be highlighting the importance of bridges and the need to keep them well-maintained, touting his infrastructure bill is doing just that. But then he decided to spice up his remarks by describing a time when his house, quote, burned down with my wife inside it, unquote crediting a nearby bridge for allowing the firefighters to arrive in time to save the day. But as Jessica Chasmer points out of Fox News, the documented reality of that story is something different. She says, Biden said last week his house burned down with his wife Jill inside before trying to correct himself, adding to a long list of personal stories he's embellished over the years. Speaking on a New Hampshire bridge on Tuesday about his bipartisan infrastructure plan, Biden said, quote, Without this bridge, as I said earlier, it's a 10-mile detour just to get to the other side. And I know, having had a house burned down with my wife in it, she got out safely, God willing, that having a significant portion of it burned, I can tell, 10 minutes makes a hell of a difference, Biden has recalled the story before, saying in 2013 that a fire destroyed a significant portion of his New Hampshire home. Now, the reality of the house fire, the reality of that whole story turns out to be quite different than how Joe described it. Jessica Chasmar, Fox News, points us to an AP report archived by LexisNexis from the time of the fire. It shows that lightning struck the Biden house in 2004, starting a small fire that was contained to the kitchen. The article goes on to reiterate that the firefighters quickly got the fire under control and were able to prevent the flames from spreading beyond the kitchen. That doesn't sound much like a case of your house burning down with your wife inside it. On a related note, Biden seems to be in the mood to talk about the importance of firefighters reaching structural fires in a timely manner. Perhaps he could apply this tale to a different situation. Do You know what else causes delays in fire department response times? Fire stations that close because of vaccine mandates. But I suppose we shouldn't dwell on that for too long. But he does link to the article, New York Fire Department expects to close a significant number of stations after a vaccine mandate kicks in. How about them apples? How about that? Remarkable, isn't it? Remarkable. Remarkable. Now, we do have a, another story related to the Waukesha-Wisconsin uh, Christmas Parade rampage yesterday. <clears throat> and that is an Illinois Democrat who's been blasted for describing the deadly Christmas Parade rampage in Wisconsin as karma, as payback for the acquittal of Kyle Rittenhouse. Mary Lemansky, who's listed as the social media director for the Democrat Party in DuPage DuPage County, Illinois, began her heartless online tirade by snarkily dismissing the tragedy as, quote, just self-defense, unquote. In a tweet that appears to have since been deleted, Ms. Lomansky says it was probably just self-defense. Living in Wisconsin, he probably felt threatened. Oh, oh, that's two different tweets? She said in one tweet, which was deleted, it was probably just self-defense. Another tweet, which is still online Monday morning, said living in Wisconsin, he probably felt threatened. Referring to the driver being held as a person of interest in the Waukesha incident, which left five people dead and dozens hurt. In her sarcasm-laced missive, she said, I'm sure he didn't want to hurt anybody. He came to help people. See, this is disgusting. This is disgusting. This is a horrible person. And, you know, I hope nobody ever tries violence on her. She's just a horrible person. By the way, did you see the story of the armed father and daughter duo marching alongside the anti-Rittenhouse protesters to protect them? That's beautiful. Protesters upset over the acquittal of Kyle Rittenhouse marched in Kenosha on Sunday in the presence of a Second Amendment-supporting father-and-daughter duo armed with AR-15s, who said they were there to protect the demonstrators. 50-year-old Eric Jordan told the New York Post, while walking alongside his 16-year-old daughter, Jade, we just do security for different groups. We're doing a favor for them. Jordan said he had been training Jade to use firearms since she was four, but only let her touch a weapon once she was 14. He said they were protecting a restaurant at two parking lots in the area on the night Rittenhouse shot three people, including two fatally in protests amid protests over police conduct. Rittenhouse, of course, claimed he fired a self-defense, which he did. Which he did. Fantastic. Fantastic. So, pardon me. Um, I see a lot of people with a lot of interesting thoughts and opinions on Twitter. Uh, You're probably not on Twitter. You're probably more like a normal person, but it's where news breaks. So when you do what I do, that's where you have to be. Check this out. The normies are on the verge of finding out about Democrat bail reform. Bail reform has been a major priority for Democrats nationwide. It's spreading like a virus, and Democrats often and loudly announce when they're doing it somewhere new, but you never see it in the news. And The reason is it's an unmitigated disaster everywhere it's instituted. In other words, you uh, let people out on little to no bail who've committed violent crimes and, well... They uh, commit more violent crimes, more innocent victims. You know? We're getting a lot of that. We're getting a lot of that. Oh, by the way, never forget the aftermath of the wonderful, glorious, not guilty verdict on all five counts on Kyle Rittenhouse. Never forget that GoFundMe denied Rittenhouse fundraising while crowdsourcing funds for Black Lives Matter rioters. Never forget that. Don't ever. Don't ever use GoFundMe. The crowdsource, this is a Tristan justice over the federals, the crowdsourced fundraising service GoFundMe sought to justify their early decision last year to terminate campaigns for Kyle Rittenhouse after the teen shooter was acquitted on all charges Friday. GoFundMe company statement on Twitter said, GoFundMe's terms of service prohibit raising money for the legal defense of an alleged violent crime. In light of the Kyle Rittenhouse trial, we want to clarify when and why we removed certain fundraisers in the past. Yet, 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 yet. While Rittenhouse was denied crowdsourced funds for a political show trial, charging the shooter with first-degree homicide in a case was clearly self-defense, the GoFundMe website is still hosting campaigns, soliciting donations for Black Lives Matter activists charged with violent crimes. What a joke. What a joke GoFundMe is. You know, and um, Facebook itself, Zuckerberg, they call Rittenhouse a mass murderer. Facebook removed posts defending Rittenhouse. Oh my goodness. I hope Rittenhouse sues them into oblivion. Kyle Rittenhouse should own Facebook should own Facebook by the time this is all over. Know what I'm saying? This is a, now you're going to lie, fam, this is whack, yo. This is whack. The great U.S. Representative Thomas Massey out of Kentucky says it's not uncommon for vaccinated individuals to contract and spread COVID. Therefore, weekly testing and mask requirements are nothing but punishments when imposed only on those who decide not to get vaccinated. Amen, amen, amen. By the way, I don't know if you've heard but a couple of uh, never-Trump-type type, uh, commentators on Fox News have resigned Fox News because Fox News allowed Tucker Carlson to tell the truth by January 6th. That's right, Jonah Goldberg and Stephen Hayes. Well, good riddance. Tucker tonight is going to have the first interview with Kyle Rittenhouse, so God bless him for that. God bless him for that. Now, on episode 31 of the Doc Washman Show, which we do uh, Tuesday, November 23rd, I plan to have a little segment starting the show called When Tucker is Good, He's Very Good. And when Tucker is Disappointing, He's Very Disappointing. So, don't miss episode 31 starting tomorrow. All right, now, let me get to this. Another incredible article over the Federalists, the great Margot Cleveland. And she is a wonderful, wonderful person, served nearly 25 years as a permanent law clerk to a federal appellate judge is a former full-time faculty member and adjunct professor, adjunct instructor to the College of Business at the University of Notre Dame. Margot Cleveland has a new article entitled, The Corrupt Media Did Not Fall for the Russia Collusion Hoax. They Were Part of It. So let me tell you about that. She says, Soon after special counsel John Durham Indicted Igor Danchenko, the primary subsource of the Christopher Steele dossier, on five counts of lying to the FBI. The media paused to feign a moment of public introspection. The corrupt media's attempt to frame their failings as mere confirmation bias, however, holds no truer than the Russia collusion hoax they peddled for five years. The proof of this reality is seen in the prostitute sex tapes the non-existent golden showers one, and the verifiable but ignored Hunter Biden videos on the other hand. The first step of what appeared, at least momentarily, to be the kickoff of a mea culpa parade came earlier this month when Washington Post amended large sections of two articles covering the Russia collusion storyline, one from March 2017 and the second for February 2019. Both articles had named a guy named Sergei Million, a Belarusian, American businessman as the individual identified as source D and the Christopher Steele dossier while million had long denied speaking with Danchenko or having any role in the dossier. It was only after John Durham charged the Russian born Danchenko and former Brookings Institute employee with lying about receiving a telephone call from million that the Washington post and other media outlets removed the claims. Then last week, the New York Times ran a guest essay by Professor of Journalism former Columbia Journalism School Dean Bill Gruskin, headlined, How Did So Much of the Media Get the Steele uh, Dossier So Wrong? To Gruskin, the problem was multi-pronged. His prologue to why so many were taken in so easily was simple. The dossier seemed to confirm what they already suspected, and that is a corruption of Donald Trump that spanned from dodgy real estate negotiations to assorted hotel room trist, all tied together by the president-elect's obeisance to President Vladimir Putin of Russia. From there, Gruskin listed the problems, which amazingly all belonged to Trump. Trump had long curried favor favor with Putin. Uh, Trump and his family were eager to do business in Russia. Then there was Trump's choice of Paul Manafort as his campaign chair that reinforced the idea he was in the thrall of Russia. Adding to the perfect storm that explained the press failures, Gruskin posited that journalists also had to deal with the fact that many of the denials came from confirmed liars. Further complicating the matter, Gruskin wrote, was that some reporters simply didn't like or trust Mr. Trump and didn't want to appear to be on his side. Here, Gruskin quoted from former New York Times reporter Barry Meyer's book, Spooked, Quote, plenty of reporters were skeptical of the dossier, but they hesitated to dismiss it because they didn't want to look like they were carrying water for Trump or his cronies, unquote. At this point, Margot Cleveland says, bunk. Or as we might say, BS. The corrupt media did not fall for the Russia collusion hoax. They were part of it. How else to explain the scathing email Jake Tapper sent BuzzFeed editor Ben Smith after the latter published the dossier. The CNN anchor wrote, I think your move makes the story less serious and credible. I think you damaged its impact. On that point, at least, Tapper was correct. The actual dossier, as opposed to select excerpts or wordsmith summaries pushed by the anti-Trump press, was a laughably fake document. When the public saw the source... They didn't buy it, and really, neither did the press. For all corporate media's ex post facto efforts to rationalize why they supposedly fell for the dossier, only one holds true, they didn't like Trump personally or politically. Now, Joe Biden, they like. So when weeks before the November 2020 election, when the New York Post published multiple stories revealing damaging information recovered from an abandoned laptop bearing a Biden Foundation sticker, social media silenced the story, and corporate media spun it as Russia disinformation. The same folks who supposedly bought anonymous claims that Trump had paid prostitutes to pee on a bed the Obamas had once slept in found the actual videos of Hunter Biden with prostitutes unbelievable. Likewise, we're told to believe Trump's supposedly shady business deals made the dossier plausible to the press, while unworthy of the media's trust were genuine emails discussing a 10% cut reserved for the big guy as part of a Biden family deal being plotted with a Chinese energy giant. And we're... Su- to, we, 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 I'm sorry, just... We're to suppose that the press that pushed the Russia collusion hoax did so hesitantly and out of a desire not to carry water for Trump and his cronies all while they did carry water for Biden. They did carry Biden over the finish line where he now sits as commander-in-chief across the virtual table from China's Xi Jinping. Sure, now the corporate media is expending some effort to report on Hunter Biden's partnership in 2016 with a Chinese state-backed company that gave the communist organization ownership of an African cobalt mine. That profitable investment by the younger Biden gave China control over much of the world's production of cobalt, an essential element for electric car batteries. With the Biden administration's latest spending proposal earmarking billions for promoting electric vehicles, we now see reporters beginning to probe whether the president's son remains a financial beneficiary of that deal. But that the corrupt media turned a blind eye to the evidence of a China-Biden scandal in 2020 lays bare the lie that journalists fell for the dossier and the Russia collusion conspiracy theory because of a confirmation bias. There was no confirmation bias in play. It was collusion, pure and simple. It's Margo Cleveland, senior contributor to The Federalist. The article entitled, The Corrupt Media Did Not Fall for the Russia Collusion Hoax, They Were Part of It. And you know that's true. You know, that's true. The wonderful Juanita Broderick, who I had the the honor of meeting and interviewing when I did local talk radio in Arkansas. Juanita Broderick out there on Twitter saying, oh, great, FBI has been called in for the Waukesha case. Now we'll never find out the truth. Uh... She might have a point there. Did they ever tell us uh, why the guy in Vegas shot so many people? No? Okay. I risk my case. You know what I'm saying? You don't think they know? You don't think they know? I mean John Hayward over the Breitbart is one of my favorite columnists. He never disappoints. He's out there this morning on Twitter saying, "Totalitarian ideologies use politics to determine personal morality." That's how Chappaquiddick Ted Kennedy. And Bill Clinton became champions of feminism. And that's how a child molester, Joseph Rosenbaum, who tried to kill Kyle Rittenhouse, now becomes a lovable scamp. The liberals on social media call JoJo. Totalitarians also have no patience for the presumption of innocence when it hinders their political objectives. Totalitarians assume if you support due process for an individual, You must also endorse that individual's actions of politics because that's how they do it. For the totalitarian, there's no irredeemable sin except having the wrong politics. Especially when it comes to powerful people. Correct political action and support for the right policies are the only true yardsticks for morality. Deeds are less important than positions. They're only angels and demons and only by... Examining their political positions and their usefulness to the party, can their feathered wings or cruel horns be measured? Totalitarians will gleefully invent positive qualities for anyone deemed to be on the right side, you know, the side of the angels. We've seen this over and over in recent American political history. People with ugly rap sheets are improbably canonized and gentle and sensitive because they were killed while committing violent crimes against people the party has classified as demons. Got it? See, good politics give you wings. No matter how dirty your hands might be. Understand? Totalitarians subtly advertise their power by demonstrating they can demonize, or on the other hand, Canonize anybody. Get with the party and your sins will be wiped clean. Oppose the party and you'll be damned forever. For totalitarians, the presumption of innocence is not a right, but a gift the party bestows upon its faithful and withholds from its enemies. So called social justice movements presume everyone with incorrect politics is guilty. Therefore, innocence is granted to their accusers. Got it? That's a great John Hayward, writer for Breitbart News. Never fails to come through with the goods. All right? The great Scott Adams, in a world with real news, you could do a search for the Bill Back Better bill, And see, each part of it evaluated by a a variety of economists, but good luck with that. Good luck with that. Oh, uh, my friend Robert Spencer, the great Robert Spencer, the guy who has had the Jihad Watch website now for over 20 years, New York Times bestselling author. He's got a tweet out today linking to... uh, article he has there at um, Jihad Watch India. Islamic cleric says spitting on food is their tradition. If you refuse this food you're an Islamophobe. Huh. Wow. And here's video. Video of the guy. Muslim cook spitting on food and hands in the name of blessings. Police there in Ghaziabad, India, arrested the cook at the hotel for spitting on dough before making making rolls. But he says you're an Islamophobe if you don't like it. How about them apples? Y'all... I don't know if it's going to shock you, but some cultures are different. Some cultures are different, really, really different. Just thought you uh, thought you might want to know. Now, you ever heard of a guy named Francis Collins? Head of the National Institutes of Health. He is uh, Fauci's boss. Francis Collins. He wants online misinformation spreaders brought to justice. Robert Spencer has the article over at PJ Media. With secret police chief Merrick Garland seeking the FBI on parents' at school board meetings, and the social media giants continuing to cut the ground out from under dissenting voices. The Biden administration has not exactly provided a welcoming place for freedom of speech. However, Francis Collins, outgoing director of the National Institutes of Health, thinks there is still altogether too much free speech out there. Collins wants those who are spreading what he calls misinformation to be brought to justice and pronto. Hear about this? Probably not. It's disconcerting to see an official of the U.S. government. The NIH, of course, is an agency of the Department of Health and Human Services coming out so openly against a fundamental right guaranteed in the Bill of Rights and hallowed by over two centuries of precedent. But as far as Francis Collins is concerned, the need to curtail the freedom of speech is urgent. He said, Friday, conspiracies are winning here. Truth is losing. That's a really serious indictment of the way in which our society seems to be traveling. Collins was referring to what he said was misinformation about America's doctor, Anthony Fauci. According to the Washington Post, Fauci's National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases wasn't really funding experiments involving the gratuitous torture of puppies. The Washington Post admitted NIAID was initially listed as a founder on the study in a paper in a scientific journal in late July, but claimed that the researchers in the medical journal corrected the error. Francis Collins was indignant over the fact that people still believed Fauci was involved in the puppy torture. He was fuming. He says truth is supposed to be truth, and the fact that your truth would be so heavily modified by your social circle, by your social circle or where you get your news tells you we're in real trouble. All right? Maybe Fauci is as kind to dogs as that renowned animal lover Adolf Hitler was. Maybe. But if NIAID did not fund the experiments, why was it listed as doing so in the first place? Was the NIAID removed from the list of funders only when the experiments started to receive unwelcome media attention? When Fauci has contradicted himself numerous times about the usefulness of wearing masks and not even followed his own recommendations, would it really be wise to accept at face value everything NIH and other agencies claim is true? That's what Francis Collins wants, and more. He wants those who contradict his wisdom to be punished. He finds it appalling that, quote, somebody's Facebook post carries as much weight as a statement from the director of the CDC about what is the truth of a public health crisis, unquote. Now, the Washington Post lamented the alleged fact that the rapid-fire spread of misinformation has altered public opinion of the pandemic and coronavirus vaccines, and claim that some 6 in 10 Americans say they either believe the government is exaggerating the number of deaths from the virus or aren't sure. Nearly one in four Americans believe COVID-19 shocks contain microchips or don't know if the claim is true, unquote. Well. Robert Spencer continues, there is ample reason for this widespread distrust. The government has so often proven itself to be untrustworthy. Most notoriously, NIH director Francis Collins and Anthony Fauci themselves were caught lying about the NIH funding gain-of-function research at the Wuhan lab where the COVID-19 virus originated. And then there's been all the stonewalling about the side effects of the COVID vaccines. As PJ Media's Stacy Lennox noted in September, the FDA already states that the highest risk of pericardi- for, pericardi- for pericarditis and myocarditis following the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine is in young men between the ages of 12 and 17. There's no information about long-term risks associated with a young men suffering from heart disease following vaccination, yet schools and colleges are moving to mandate them. It's a complete inversion of what Western societies have traditionally done. We're subjecting young men to an unknown risk because adults are suffering from media-induced mass hysteria. Now, Francis Collins is unrepentant, however, and enraged that some people are calling Fauci to, in, to resign. He said, do you then want to hand a victory on a platter to the people who have made up stories and incessantly thrown around information that is absolutely untrue, to try to take him down? You want to say, okay, they win? Why, no, Frank. The only problem is that it's not altogether clear right now whether it is you or the people you're targeting who are actually the ones spreading the misinformation. If you get your way and those you claim are spreading misinformation are silenced in blithe disregard of the First Amendment, it may turn out later that those who are smeared as spreaders of misinformation are actually telling the truth. Remember Hunter Biden's laptop? How all the self appointed guardians? Of acceptable discourse labeled as misinformation? What turned out to be entirely accurate reporting on its contents? You wouldn't want that to happen again, would you, Frank? While oh, you're pondering that question, Dr. Collins, you fascist. Kindly also attend to your resignation and never appear in the public square again. You know, methinks Dr. Collins doth protest too much. Yeah, I methinks mean, Doctor Francis Collins doth to protest too much. What did um Doctor Cary Mullis, the guy who uh, who developed the PCR technique? What did he have to say about, and he got the Nobel Prize, Nobel Science Prize for it. What did he have to say about Fauci? Dr. Kerry Mullis developed the PCR techniques, technique, polymerase chain reaction, which he insisted is not to be used to detect whether you have a virus or not. And Fauci and Francis Collins, the NIH, the FDA, CDC, World Health Organization's, fifty state health departments were like, hey, we don't care what you say, we're going to use it anyway. So the guy that developed PCR, what do he say about Fauci? Listen and listen good. Unbelievable. What is it? What what is it
2: about humanity? that that wants to go to all the details and stuff and listen you know these guys like Fauci get up there and start talking you know he doesn't know anything really about anything and i'd say that to his face nothing the man thinks you can take a blood sample and stick it in an electron microscope and if it's got a virus in there you'll know it he doesn't understand electron microscopy and he doesn't understand medicine and he he should not be in a position like he's in most of those guys up there on the top are just total administrative people and they don't know anything about what's going on at the bottom you know those guys have got an agenda which is not what we would like them to have being that we pay for them to take care of our health in some way, they've got a personal kind of agenda they make up their own rules as they go they change them when they want to and they smugly like tony fauci does not mind going on television in front of the people that pay his salary and lie directly into the camera you can't expect the sheep to really respect the best and the brightest. They don't know the difference, really. I mean, I, I like humans, don't, don't get me wrong, but basically there is a, there is a, there's a vast, the vast majority of them do not possess the, the ability to judge who is and who isn't a really good scientist. I mean, that's a problem, that's a main problem actually with science, I'd say, in this century because science is being judged by people funding is being done by people who don't understand it. Okay, who do we trust? Fauci? Fauci does not know enough to, you know. If Fauci wants to get on television with somebody who knows a little bit about this stuff and debate him, he could easily do it because he's been asked. I mean, I've had a lot of people, President of the University of South Carolina, ask Fauci if he'd come down there and debate me on the stage in front of the student body because I wanted somebody who was from the other side to come down there and balance my because I felt like, well, these guys can listen to me, but I need to have
0: somebody else down here that's going to tell me the other side. But he
2: didn't want to do it.
0: No, he doesn't. By the way, uh, Kerry Mullis died shortly before uh, COVID-19 showed up. Shortly before. Don't know why. Don't know why. So we're supposed to believe Fauci, who now says that uh, they might have to mandate uh, people people getting a booster every six months. Forever, apparently. That's the guy we're supposed to believe. You know, they're trying to take your freedom and liberty away from you. I don't know if you're aware of this or not. I think most folk are not aware of it, which is why when I go to the grocery store, I still see um, plenty of people wearing masks, including little kids who are statistically at no danger of catching and dying from COVID. doesn't matter, which is why I see healthy young people walking down the sidewalk by themselves wearing masks. They don't they don't have any idea. Nobody I mean it's just like Carrie Mullis said, people don't know. They don't know what they don't know. Anyway, um <clears throat> Anthony Fauci, Mark Levincott likes to call him Anthony, Tony, Fouch, Fouch. He was on uh, ABC with Martha Raddatz over the weekend, and it went something like this.
1: Let's talk about later on. Pfizer CEO Albert Borla recently said there's a high chance boosters would be needed annually. Do you think that's a possibility, or do you believe it might be even sooner, like every six months?
0: Um, they probably went over what she was going to ask him before the, uh, before the interview. Anyway, here's the fraud. You know, we follow the data, and there's always, it's so easy to predict,
1: Martha, about how.
0: I'm sorry, I don't, I don't trust somebody talking to somebody named Martha who calls her Martha. There's nothing wrong with this guy. Often you would need it. We would hope, and and, and this is
1: something that we're looking at very carefully, that that third shot with the mRNA not only boosts you way up, but increases the durability so that you will not necessarily need it every six months or a year. We're hoping it pushes it
0: out more. If it doesn't, and the data show we do need it more often, then we'll do it. That's all you need to know. That's all you need to know because he doesn't care about data. It's all about the money and the power and the control. The data show that in Pfizer's test, more people who got the vaccine died than people in the control group that didn't get the vaccine. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. Okay? Okay. Just so you know. But, again, this is why I see healthy young people walk down a sidewalk with a mask on. This is why I walk into the grocery store behind people, old and young, with masks on. You can clearly see in, in either side of the mask. It's not protecting them from anything. But they don't know. They don't know, they don't have any idea, okay? And to cry and shame. But uh, and, and see, Francis Collins, the outgoing director of the National Institutes of Health, Wants people like me going to jail. Know what I'm saying? Wants people like me going to jail for having the gall to disagree, for having the gall to to tell the truth, and they're lying. It's an outrage. So, again, TheHill.com, quoting Scott Gottlieb, former CDC director, now on the board of Pfizer, saying he expects the CDC will consider fully vaccinated as, as including boosters. So you're going to change the definition. So the great Jesse Kelly, talk show host out of Houston, says, Reminder, your friend who you thought was a conspiracy theory guy, has been right about pretty much everything and you should probably call him to apologize asking him what comes next. I'm saying. Asking what comes next. I love this. Winsome Sears is the incoming Lieutenant Governor of Virginia. She is a uh, Marine veteran. She is a black woman and Democrats and liberal mainstream media, but I repeat myself, want folk to think that voters in Virginia, the same voters who voted for Obama twice, suddenly turned white supremacists and racists because they voted for Republicans, including the new incoming black lieutenant governor. So, winsome Sears, on on with Dana Bash on CNN. It did not go well for Dana Bash.
1: ...of education. So, explain how you think race should be taught in Virginia public schools.
2: Well, let me back up. I beg to differ that CRT is not taught. I didn't say that. I just said it's not in the curriculum, just to be clear. No, 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 no. It is part of the curriculum. It's weaved in and out of the curriculum. In fact, in 2015, former governor uh, who was just defeated, McAuliffe, his state board of education had information on how to teach it. So it's weaved in. So, you know, it's semantics, but it's weaved in.
0: Good job. Good job. Never accept the narrative. Right? Don't accept the premise. Push back. And she knows how to do that. And she knows how to do that. The Hill.com reporting today that deaths from the China virus in 2021 are outpacing deaths for the China virus last year. Got it? The great rich bearers, otherwise known as the People's Pundit, says, yet you didn't attribute those deaths to the actions of a politician this year like you did last year. That's oddly inconsistent. You remember how they used to say, oh, hundreds of thousands of people have died from the Rona, and the blood is on Trump's hands. More people died this year. But you got a different guy in the Oval Office, so you can't really he's got a d by his name so he can't really can you no you can't no you can't MSNBC host disgusted by Kenosha verdict calls Rittenhouse a little murderist a little murderous white supremacist Senior advisor to President Trump, Stephen Miller, says, deliberate, malicious, actionable defamation. I hope he owns her. Sue her for everything she's got. Everything. Everything. The great John Cardillo over in the freedom-loving state of Florida says, the evidence is now irrefutable. Hunter Biden's clients are dictating U.S. energy and foreign policy those clients being the Chinese and the Russians. A traitorous crime syndicate is sitting in the White House. I'm sorry, the evidence is irrefutable. Why do you think he was in such a hurry to get out of Afghanistan and leave Americans and legal U.S. residents over there to the Taliban so the Chinese can come in and get the raw minerals? That's what's up. That's what's up. No question. Speaking of self-defense and the fact that the Democrats don't want you to be allowed to have the right to self-defense. The great James Lindsay over Twitter, has a quote from the Gulag Archipelago. Bestseller from the great, the late, great Alexander Solzhenitsyn. Page 431. In the criminal code of 1926 in the Soviet Union, there was the most stupid Article 139 on the limits of necessary self-defense according to which you had the right to unsheath your knife only after the criminal's knife was hovering over you. And you could stab him only after he had stabbed you. And otherwise, you would be the one put on trial. And there was no article in Russian legislation saying that the greater, that the greater criminal was the one who attacked someone weaker than himself. This fear of exceeding the measure of necessary self-defense led to total spinelessness as a national characteristic of the Soviet Union. A hoodlum once began to beat up the Red Army man Alexander Zakharov outside a club. Zakharov took out a folding penknife and killed the hoodlum. And for this he got 10 years for plain murder. He asked astonished, and what was I supposed to do? Prosecutor Artsashevsky replied, "You should have fled." That's what they want here. That's what they want here. By the way, the uh, the trial of um, former Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. Girlfriend. Gillen maxwell former girlfriend and pimp for him she procured young girls for him allegedly her trial is supposed to start i think a week from the day i wonder if we'll have wall-to-wall coverage of that i wonder cnn yesterday afternoon a man who pleaded guilty to the rape and sexual assault of four teenagers will avoid prison time after a New York state judge said time behind bars would be inappropriate. Really? Really? CBS Denver reports Colorado State Board drops the term sex offender, calling it a negative label. Really? So they keep moving the standard for what's acceptable. That's remarkable, isn't it? Remarkable. So Julie Kelly. Julie Kelly, American Greatness." had an article out a few weeks ago. "Where are the neon-headed proud boys? It's time to start asking questions about who hasn't been arrested. With our participation in January 6th, including a group of orange hatted Proud Boys, she says, who are they really? Uh, good question. And why hasn't Ray Epps been arrested? Ray Epps, the guy who was urging people the night before January 6th. we got to go in the Capitol tomorrow. People started shouting, Fed, 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 because he clearly was a federal asset. There's a group called Sedition Hunters, and they like to get up in uh, Julie Kelly's face and give her a hard time. These people who claim there was an insurrection on January 6th. I asked them about Ray Epps. Ooh, boy. The crickets started chirping loudly at that point. The crickets started chirping loudly at that point. Um, <clears throat> I am delighted that we have so many people listening and downloading the podcast in states I've never even been to, states like Illinois, our, our number three state, podcast downloads is Illinois, and please tell your friends and and bring more people to the party. Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker issued a statement. He said, carrying a loaded gun into a community 20 miles from your home and shooting unarmed citizens is fundamentally wrong. The great Adam Baldwin responds, J.B. Pritzker wants to live in a country that hates trial by jury and sends thoughts and prayers for child rapist rioters. Wow. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. So, um, you know, I've talked before about the lockdowns and the mask mandates and what they have been doing to our children. And we have a short little letter from... uh, An eighth, uh, well, it says, okay, a junior at DuPage County High School in Illinois. Chicago area teen asks his school board to grant him relational intimacy by making masks optional. The heartfelt testimony below was written by a junior at DuPage County, Illinois High School, submitted to his District Board of Education last week, the same week as a rash of mental health death deaths in the Chicago area, name redacted, published with permission. It's a real short read. He says, about a week ago in English class, I began to see a few of my classmates take off their masks for a second or two. I was shocked by how emotive other students were and found all the little details of their faces, both socially informative and mentally stimulating. My mind was excited to see the faces of my classmates, faces I had never seen before. At this moment, I realized what my high school has been deprived of, connection. The truth is, most of what students learned about refraction, uh, the Pythagorean theorem, and CRISPR CAS 9 is fascinating, but not practical enough to serve them in any actionable way. The one practical thing that high schools have historically granted students is connection. Practice in social situations, both enjoyable and difficult, preparing them for social navigation at future universities, workplaces, and marriages. With a generation that has already socially stunted themselves enough with their mobile phones, I believe masks should not be mandatory. Those who wish to wear them should be encouraged to, and those who, not, who do not should be free to take them off if they deem this necessary for their mental health. I am confident in the strength of vaccines, and now that they have been administered, I believe that schools should grant masking freedoms to students as long as COVID cases within each individual school building remain low. I miss seeing others' faces and shudder to imagine that my fellow classmates might be as lonely as I am. I ask the district to please grant me relational intimacy and develop my social skills. Thank you. Breaks your heart, doesn't it? Breaks your heart. Let me just say something. Whether it's a governor or a mayor, or a school superintendent, or a school board. These people who insist that children in school have to wear masks, either... There's one or two choices, because we know masks don't work. So either... They're really evil and they like tormenting helpless people or they're too stupid to realize that's what they're doing. And I don't know which it is, but you know what? I don't care which it is. I don't care which it is. Either way, the effect is the same. Either way, the effect is the same. They're tormenting innocent children. They don't care. And They don't care. And they need to be relieved of their positions of power over us. I got to tell you something. Um, every once in a while, I refer back to the... Uh, local radio talk show I used to do in Little Rock, Arkansas. So the governor of Arkansas is a guy named Asa Hutchinson. We refer to him as asymptomatic Asa. And um, he wants five-year-olds to have to wear masks in school. Right? And then you see a picture at some kind of event at a school and the governor of Arkansas, Ace Hodgson, and the U.S. Representative French Hill, the Rhino, uh and the mayor of Little Rock, and the uh, school superintendent, and, and I think one other guy, standing there close together, no socialist distancing, no masks, but the little five-year-old standing in front of him wearing masks. And it's evil. It's evil to torment children. That's what they do. And they see no wrong in it. Either they're stupid enough to, to to not see what's wrong with it. Or again, they like inflicting pain on people, on helpless people, helpless children. Either way, they gotta go. They gotta go. Doesn't matter which it is. So Arthur Schwartz. Had tipped Arthur Schwartz. Got a clip of Laura Trump, President Trump's daughter-in-law, on with uh, Jake Tapper. To set this up for you, Hunter Biden was a deal partner in the three point eight billion dollar purchase by a Chinese company of one of the world's largest cobalt deposits, a key component of electric vehicle batteries, which are being pushed by Hunter Biden's dad. So Laura Trump on with Jake Tapper, went something like this. He did not call the partial travel bans from China and Europe.
1: Correct. Soft Joe Biden would have shut down travel to China, especially now we know, we know it's been very lucrative for Joe Biden and his family, China. This president has done everything, every step of the way. I don't know what that means. I don't, I don't the, what that a novel means. virus.
0: I don't know what that means. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Nobody believes anymore, Jake. Nobody watches CNN anymore. Been very lucrative. Back it up. Back it up
1: traveled to China, especially now we know, we know it's been very lucrative for Joe Biden and his family, China. This president has I don't done everything, every I don't, step I don't, of I don't,
0: I don't, the way. Jake, you're such a liar. You're such a liar. Refer back to uh, Tucker Carlson's interview last fall with Tony Bobulinski. You know exactly what that means. Biden is in China's pocket. Trump said it last fall. You vote for Biden, China's going to take over. All right? You vote for Biden, China's going to take over. Now, let me just mention this to you. You know, the libs have been trying to cancel Dr. Seuss, right? Fascinating thread out here on Twitter. While you were being diverted by Dr. Seuss, while the Democrats are diverting your attention about Dr. Seuss and Mr. Potato Head, who they also tried to cancel. A list of pedophiles became unsealed, and here's what's been happening while you all were distracted. Democrat Illinois State Representative Keith Farnham resigned and was charged with possession of child pornography, been accused of bragging at an online site about sexually molesting a 16-year-old girl. Democrat spokesperson... For the Arkansas Democrat Party, Harold Moody Jr., charged with distribution and possession of child pornography. My Arkansas listeners might remember Harold Moody Jr. He was in the papers a while back. I wonder what ever happened to him. Because he was working for the uh, uh, Pulaski County Youth Services, and they said he was watching streaming child porn while smoking crack at his desk at Pulaski County Youth Services. What ever happened to old Harold Moody Jr.? Inquiring minds want to know because he was up on some serious charges. But I never heard about how those uh, charges, you know, were, um, how that came out. Let's see. So I go to, I go to DuckDuckGo because I don't expect anything from, uh, from Google. Let's see. Political consultant charged with child porn possession. Yeah, but how how did that How did that turn out though? That's been several years ago, right? What did they do about that? That's what I want to know. <laughs> I mean, you don't just hold somebody Indefinitely, right? Maybe I should, uh, just while we're out of here, maybe I should search the uh, Arkansas court system. Yeah, 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 yeah. Harold Moody Jr. Why no follow-up here? I mean, is he out on bond for three or four years? Let's see. Let's see. Nothing. Was that what is it? Federal charges? It's federal charges. You can't look up on the uh on the Arkansas State thing. Oh, yep. That's it. An Arkansas political consultant. Who once served as a spokesman for the Arkansas Democrat Party has been accused by f- undercover federal agents of receiving and possessing child pornography. Harold Moody Jr. pleaded not guilty to the charges Tuesday in federal court in Little Rock, didn't immediately respond to a request by the AP for comment. According to federal affidavit, Homeland Security investigators were conducting an undercover investigation of child exploitation chat rooms when agents found an individual later identified as Moody. Entered twice August twenty nine. yeah, 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 yeah. If convicted, he could be sentenced to five to ten years of federal prison for possession and five to twenty years for receiving or distributing child porn. This was November 6, 2018. How do you find out what happened with this guy? You know? Because I got nothing. Anyway, anyway, let, let me go back to the long list of Democrats who were accused of being pedophiles. Democrat activist and Black Lives Matter organizer organizer, Charles Wade arrested in charge of human trafficking, underage prostitution. Democrat Texas attorney and activist Mark Benavides charged with having sex with a minor, including a child under 18, to have sex and compelling prostitution of at least nine legal clients, and possession of child pornography. Found guilty on six counts of sex trafficking. Democrat Radnor Township Board of Commissioners member Philip R. resigned from his position after being charged with possession of child pornography and abusing children between two and six years old. Democrat Virginia Delegate Joe Morrissey indicted on charges connecting to his connected to his relationship with a 17-year-old girl, charged with supervisory indecent liberties with a minor, electronic solicitation of a minor, possession of child pornography. The distribution of child porn. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. Oh, yeah, Jerry Studs was actually a U.S. congressman from Massachusetts, was censored by the U.S. House after he admitted to an inappropriate relationship with a 17-year-old. It goes on and on and on. It's horrendous. It's horrendous. Oh, by the way, I don't know if you heard about this. You remember the uh, actress Reese Witherspoon? <clears throat> over the weekend, yeah, legally blonde. Over the weekend, she said, No one should be able to purchase a semi automatic weapon, cross state lines, and kill two people, wound another, and go free. In what world is this safe for any of us? So I guess she wants to be sued, too. She wants to be sued, too. He uh, he didn't buy a gun across state lines. He didn't do it. One of the many, many people responding to her said, your blood alcohol level was double the legal limit when you were arrested for DUI. Want to discuss being reckless? Oh, never ends, does it? New York Times. New York Times. Help, the kids are coming inside. If our child, nine, and a cousin, 10, have each received one dose of the vaccine two weeks prior to Thanksgiving, is it safe for us to eat indoors? There will be about 20 guests... All vaccinated and the 65 and older crowd have all received boosters. Julie Lewis from San Francisco writing the New York Times. New York Times expert answers, I'm glad to hear that the children and all guests were vaccinated. As the kids will not be fully vaccinated until two weeks after their second shot, I think some care is warranted, especially because some attendees are 65 and older and thus at greater risk of more serious breakthrough infections what a lie new york times expert continues you could have the kids wear masks eat quickly and stay away from the older adults when eating the pretzels that they tie themselves into right the pretzels they tie themselves into it's 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 a cult It's a cult. And you don't have to go along with it. You don't have to go along with it. Christopher F. Rufo, in a sane world, would already have received all kinds of awards and prizes. He's a writer, filmmaker, senior fellow of Manhattan Institute, He's directed four documentaries for PBS. We're not going to hold that against him. Currently a contributing editor of City Journal, where he covers critical race theory, homelessness, addiction, crime, and other afflictions. He is the guy who single-handedly has brought attention to critical race theory. He's the guy. He's got a new article out entitled Enemies of the School Board. It's short. He says school board's have always attracted their share of controversies, disagreements over curriculum, bitter election fights, fl- personality clashes. But in recent months, as parents expressed their frustration over COVID lockdowns, mask mandates, and critical race theory, local school districts and federal law enforcement have upped the ante by monitoring parents, requesting undercover agents at school board meetings, and even arresting parents who attend board meetings to express dissent. The latest and most egregious example comes from Round Rock, Texas. In a series of school board meetings this fall, two fathers, a minister named Jeremy Story and a retired Army captain named Dustin Clark, spoke out against alleged corruption and school officials' hostility towards parents. Journalist Pedro Gonzalez reported that at an August meeting, Story had calmly produced evidence that the board had covered up and alleged assault by the superintendent, Hafed Aziz, against a mistress. The superintendent and school board president cut him off mid-sentence and ordered officers to remove him from the premises. At the next meeting in September, with the district's controversial mask mandate on the agenda, the school board locked the majority of parents out of the room, preventing them from speaking. Clark and other frustrated parents asked the board to open the nearly empty room to the public. Instead, school board president... Amy Ware directed officers to remove Clark from school property. As he was dragged out by two pro- officers, Clark shouted to the audience, it's an open meeting, shame on you, communists, communists, let the, 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 the public in. So both of them, both of them wound up being arrested for the crime of using their First Amendment rights. Using their First Amendment rights. Now, do you know who Frank Figliuzzi is? He used to be assistant director of the FBI. He's now a national security contributor for NBC News. And he's out there on Twitter yesterday afternoon saying, divide and Conquer. A sample of over 32,000 pro-Rittenhouse hashtag tweets from November 19th and 20th showed almost 30,000 with disabled geolocation. In other words, they don't want you to know where they're from. He says of those, almost 18,000 were listed as foreign, but a deep scrub revealed most of those were in Russia, China, and the EU. So, he's concerned about people... Expressing their First Amendment right of free speech to speak out in favor of Kyle Rittenhouse. He used to be assistant director of the FBI. The great attorney, Ron Coleman, says this is why the FBI is the way it is. The FBI is concerned about you using your First Amendment right to free speech. Know what I'm saying? Pedro Pascal, apparently is an actor with Disney. has almost a million followers. And he has pictures here of the child rapist, Joseph Rosenbaum, who was killed by Kyle Rittenhouse, and the wife-beater, Anthony Huber, who was killed by Kyle Rittenhouse. And he says they were murdered. This comes out after the not guilty verdict. He says they were murdered. Rest in peace. Sean Davis, co-founder of Federalist, says, Hollywood sure does love defending child rapists like Rosenbaum. Why is that? Why is that? Donald Trump Jr. says, Joseph Rosenbaum, who Democrats affectionately refer to as JoJo, molested and anally raped five boys as young as nine years old. I can assure you the world is a better place without him and only a sociopath would mourn his loss in another attempted assault on a child. Yet here we are. Why is that? Detroit Free Press Sunday edition yesterday says in August 2020, Jacob Blake was shot and killed by a police officer in Kenosha, Wisconsin. That's a lie. He's still alive. Ball face lie. He's still alive. Ted Cruz on Face the Nation yesterday. And he, uh, he was bringing the fire. Here it is. Uh,
2: There are, uh, on a practical level, corporations who spend a ton of money uh, on sponsorships around the Olympics. Coca-Cola, Google.
0: That's what happens. My computer resets itself. I apologize to y'all. Because it was going to be good. But uh, (laughs) I'm looking at a blank screen all of a sudden. So what we're going to do is we're going to reboot it, and then we're going to scroll down and get to it. Or maybe we're not. Okay, so that one's not going to work. So we just go over here, We click on bookmarks, because I wanted you to hear. I wanted you to hear what Ted had to say. Okay, that one's not going to reboot either. So I'll tell you what, we'll just go over here. We'll click on bookmarks and see if this one works. No? Okay. We'll have to figure out something about our computers between uh, now and tomorrow. And I apologize for the uh, inconvenience because I was ready to go. I was ready to go for quite a while longer. But but sometimes we uh, wrestle with, with technology. Sometimes we do wrestle with technology. So we'll... Uh, we will uh, cool our jets and come back to fight another day. because um, I, I, you know, I'm not out of gas. Sometimes I, uh, <laughs> sometimes the Doc Washer Show podcast is longer, sometimes it's shorter. A lot of it has to do with when I run out of gas. But anyway, I appreciate so much, so much our sponsors, like my, fam- my com, a brand new sponsor, Red River Your And, of course, TurnMyPowerOn.com. You've been listening to the all-new Doc Washburn Show. Today's program has been produced by Tim Terrible, directed by Mick Messy. This has been a terribly messy production. Portions of today's show will be taken overseas and dropped. If you'd like a transcript of today's episode of the all-new Doc Washburn Show, simply peel the roof off a Rolls-Royce panel truck and send it to Mansur's Computer Solutions, 7th floor of the Ephemeral B. Smoot Building, Whitehall, Arkansas, in care of Sheriff Mansur Sempier the 10th. Well, that's the way it is. Monday, November 22nd, 2021.